By a couple of members of SAPOL, the South Australian Police, Assistant Commissioner Ian Parrott. Ian is, uh, the, uh, has overall responsibility for road safety and traffic services. And uh, Superintendent Bob Gray. Uh, Bob is the officer in charge of the uh, traffic support branch. Uh, and uh, they join us on the program right now. Looking forward to the chat because, uh, gee, the road toll is just... a. Uh, just terrific here in South Australia, it really is. Uh, all righty, I'll get to Josh in a minute or so to organise that for us, but uh, uh, we've got Bob, Bob Gray on the line. Hello, Bob. Good afternoon, Tony. I mean, uh, you'd imagine, I mean, a road deaths last year were just terrific, 114, but uh, up until a couple of days ago, we've had 47. You'd imagine that with the less traffic on the road and the restrictions that have been, uh, that have been uh, you know, applied and less people going to the country areas... Why all of a sudden have we got 47 this year? Any explanation of that? Well, the, the actual live, lives lost count at the moment, Tony, is 45. Um, 45, com- is it? Okay. Yeah, compared to 47 at this time last year. Mm. Um, look, what we're seeing, uh, we're seeing people that, a uh, small cohort of people, the majority of people are doing the right thing, but we're seeing a small cohort of people that um, are taking advantage of perhaps less traffic on the road and behaving in a manner which is totally irresponsible, making bad decisions, and, and uh, as a result, there's bad outcomes. Okay, uh, effectively speeding. I mean, the um, uh, the RBTs were uh, introduced in the uh, on uh, Friday. Um, uh, let's see, Ian, how did that go? The introduction of the RBTs on Friday. Yeah, it's a really a good opportunity for us to, I guess, reinforce the safety message again around drink and drug driving uh, over the weekend with a reinstatement of the uh, of the what we call the static or the block testing, which is where we pull over multiple cars at, at one time oh, and then right, test yeah. multiple drivers. Yeah. Uh, I think there's uh, the, the operation itself, um, in some ways, was quite disappointing. I mean, we tested well over four thousand people uh, as part of the operation, uh, and we had a number of people um, detected uh, drink and and also drug driving. Uh, over the weekend. So it's um, disappointing in terms of the fact that there are still people out there willing to take risks um, when we're looking at, um, I guess, like you said, lower um, road use. I think there's also been some complacency around um, people thinking that we're not out there testing, Um, and that's far from the truth. I mean, we've, we've... in the time that we've suspended the, the block testing, um, we've done over 27,000 um, mobile tests. And uh, in that time since mid-March, there's been over 900 people detected for drink driving and uh, just under 1,000 people detected for um, driving the drugs in their system. So you know, those um, results speak volumes for, I guess, the... Um, I guess the selfish and, and deliberate decisions people are making to, to drive whilst affected by drugs or, or alcohol in the system. It's not only themselves they're potentially impacting, it's uh, everybody else who's in the road as well. Gentlemen, a question to you both. With, with less traffic on the road, uh, has the, the indication been that the few cars that have been out there have been driving faster? People thinking, oh, I don't have to worry, I don't have to concentrate so hard, I'll put the foot down a bit. Look, um, Tony, we've certainly seen an increase uh, compared to this time last year in high speeds. There seems to be, again, a small group of people that are um, driving totally responsibly and, and at high speed putting themselves and other road users at risk, and that is, um, that's extremely disappointing for us. Ian, uh, with the number of fatalities on, on country roads, uh, are, are there any figures to suggest uh, they're locals who are close to home or, or people from, from the city, from the metropolitan area, driving on our country roads who are just not familiar with the crossings and the, and the detours and all of the other things that come into account? 
Uh, it's, an, it's, it's an interesting uh, point you raise because 75% of the um, lives lost on our roads this year have been in the regions. Uh, so 33 lives lost um, have been in the regions. Uh, and, and people generally think that it's it's not people from the regions who are involved, but it is around about yeah. 50% of people who live in the regions are actually the people who are involved in, in um, you know, their lives being lost or, or indeed in serious injury crashes. So you think these people would know the roads intimately because they drive there all the time, don't they? Yeah, look, I think that that certainly is the case, and, and you, you have to question whether it, it is that familiarity which potentially oh, leads right. to some complacency, because there are some statistics around the fact that um, a number of these uh, a number of these lives lost are within 20 kilometres of where the person lives. So, um, you know, it, it is a concerning factor for us, and I think if if people are thinking, oh, it's, it's not going to happen to me, oh, I know my roads and I know my my area, I think it's a timely reminder to remain alert and, I guess, vigilant. Uh, and we say, you know, just, just drive. It's a complicated enough task as it is without uh, without doing other things or being distracted or, or uh, becoming complacent. You know, I've, I've heard that figure before, the number of road fatalities in the country uh, and the number of people who are killed close to home. Yeah, and again, it's it's something that I've heard um, from uh, people in the regions themselves who, who actually um, find it quite unbelievable that actually, that actually is the case because um, there is also an element of people who are uh, from the metropolitan area who, you know, sometimes people say, oh, they're not used to driving on the freeways because they're not always out there or, you know, they're not used to the roads or the conditions. But, um, you know, the statistics are quite clear that whilst there's an element of people from uh, other locations other than the regions, it is around about 50% of, of people whose lives are lost in regional areas um, are killed within the region they live in. And, and, and like I was just saying, um, there's a large number of those who are within 20 kilometres of home, which is, which is an absolute tragedy. If you've got a question for either of the officers, this is the opportunity. Give us a ring on 8223 0000. We're talking to Assistant Commissioner Ian Parrott, who's responsible for road safety and traffic services and Superintendent Bob Gray. And Bob is the officer in charge of the traffic support branch. From Gwen, gentlemen, a question to both of you. This is an interesting one. She says... Um, do those officers who have to attend these horrific accidents, we know of just a couple of recent times, do they receive adequate counselling? Surely there would, you would have services available to the officers. That must be horrific when you've got to go to an accident like that. Uh, Tony, we uh, we provide obviously a very uh, tight support network around uh, our major crash investigators and officers that are, have to attend these um, these scenes, and we also make sure that um, they are examined annually and that um, they are um, well looked after and um, where they need to be in terms of their mental health. Yeah, OK. Murray's question, he said, um, compared to the other states on a pro rata basis, allowing for the fact we've got you know, considerably less population here than Queensland and New South Wales and Victoria, on a pro rata basis, um, uh, what's our accident rate like? I think, uh, look, without knowing the exact statistics there, Tony, um, I think the point here is is that uh, any life lost on our road is one too many. Yeah. Um, I think that when we when we look at the figures here, uh, both for last year and this year, I don't think anyone would actually accept that that um, any life lost on our roads um, is reasonable or comparable or um, in, in some way um, you know, able to be compared to another person's life. It, it's just not something that I think is is an appropriate way to look at it. I think that the the, the things that we see uh, on the television with these crashes and the and the 
uh, you know, the, the pure number of uh, uh, you know, someone's life lost or the number of lives lost in a... Um, the impact that you know, that um, life lost on our roads has to um, the broader family, um, oftentimes to the community, uh, certainly to um, the emergency services personnel who who attend these crashes. Um, so, you know, I think that the the, the messaging and the focus here is, um, you know, how do we actually continue to impress upon people um, about doing the right thing uh, when they every time they get into a car and and perhaps even talking to their kids or, or loved ones about how to drive responsibility and what dangers to look out for on the road. So I, I think that, um, you know, that comparison side of things is, is something that's um, uh, difficult to, man- to measure sometimes, yeah, but yeah. it almost, uh, in some ways, becomes a moot point because of, like I said, how do you measure uh, the impact of, of one life lost, let alone... Um, the number of lives lost we've had on the roads this year. It's uh, 18 minutes to two, and Scott's at Modbury with a question for the Assistant Commissioner. Hello, Scott. Okay, guys. Um, you're saying how important every life is. Then why do we take the sentencing as such a joke? We seem to give so many belligerent knobs more, more than one, two, three, four times chances to kill people. And then in the end, when they do, everyone gets upset and we all cry out on the radio, how did this happen? How did the mum die? How was this guy still on the road? Why don't we just get to the point where... I mean, they had that case the other week where the guy was, what, five times the legal limit, was doing 209. That should rock up in front of the judge. The judge should look and go, is this you? As soon as he says yes, it's like, you never get to drive again, mate. You had your chance. It's gone. It should just never be given a chance to kill people again. And if you get caught driving without a licence, which we seem to hear every morning, that should just be instant jail. I'm just curious to why it's not. Because it just seems people get caught and then the judge suspends their licence for another 12 months. I mean, who cares? The guy was already driving without a licence. What's another suspension going to do? Yes, I think from uh, from an enforcement perspective, I mean, we're really concerned about um, those types of incidents in particular, like you say, with the, the fellow on the Sturt Highway the other week at 209 kilometres an hour and, and, and allegedly drink driving as well. Um, you know, there are um, different uh, options for enforcement in terms of whether a person is arrested or reported for offences uh, and the like. And then when it goes before the courts, then it's up to the courts uh, to determine penalty. Um, we are obviously, um, as part of our process, continue to look at um, the legislation and uh, our enforcement options to see whether there are opportunities for us to uh, seek either new or or a view of legislation around um, how um, offences are treated uh, on our roads, particularly when we start talking about some of the uh, excessive speeds and and, uh, irresponsible driving that's occurring on our roads. Okay, Scotty, thanks for the call. 16 minutes to two. Uh, Peter, you're at Mitchell Park with a question. Uh, Hello, Peter. Hello, fellas. I uh, just wanted to... I'm a person, I don't go out much every day, so I'm not on the road a lot. But, like, just last week out of three days I went out, two days out of the three I had cars inches behind me. I sit on the, around the bit below the speed limit and they'd get these cars, young males... You know, just driving a few inches behind the back of your car. And, it's you know, intimidating. It's, it's, and re- the, the old tailgating thing, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about, Peter. The police should really get into unmarked cars and get these guys because they're just terrifying people that do the right thing. Ian, yeah, you'd, uh, you'd come across it all of the time, yeah. 
Uh, look, we do often get calls um, about uh, people tailgating. Um, there are a number of ways, uh, and clearly it's not acceptable because, um, as your caller is saying, it does. You do feel like there's a bit of pressure on you to to either you know increase your speed a little bit or, or, or pull over and get out of the way because of the pressure being applied. And that's that's not okay. It, what it does is it it increases the risks or you know um, increases, I guess, the pressure for to take risks that they wouldn't ordinarily do on the roads. Um, there are a number of ways that. We we can actually uh, we deal with that. There are a lot of uh, dash cams these days and a lot of uh, mobile phones, and we certainly don't encourage people to use their phones whilst they're driving or even stationary at lights. That is an offence, but... If people do have footage, they are able to take it into a police station to make a report, and uh, where we can investigate, we will follow up um, uh, those reports. Uh, and there's also um, the Traffic Watch uh, online uh, on the SAPOL website where people can report... Um, you know, uh, bad driving behaviour or even instances where, where people are, say, congregating and, and doing hoon driving or things like that. You know, we can receive... There are different ways where people can reach into us and, and uh, help us out by providing information about where some of these things are taking place. But, uh, yeah, certainly it, it, there's a... Um, the tailgating issue for us is something that's um, reported to us on a reasonably regular basis. We're talking with the Assistant Commissioner um, Ian Parrott and Superintendent Bob Gray. You've got a question about road laws, and there's always a million questions out there. Here's the opportunity. Give us a ring right now on 8223 0000. It's just on 14 minutes to two now. See Agostino Mitsubishi for the best deals, best service and best experience. Helping 5AA bring you the very best in sports. Agostino Mitsubishi, Nailsworth and Elizabeth. Agostino.com.au Now what are you looking for in there? Have you seen the tape measure? No, what do you need it for? Ah, found it. Oh, I know, you're measuring it again. Just, just leave it alone. I think it's gotten a bit longer, hun, so I might need to cut a bit off. OK, but since you got the new mower from Stanford Mowers, you've been really fixated on the length of the lawn. Size matters, hun, doesn't it? Not at all. Stanford Mowers, for very meticulous mowers. 590 Main North Road, Jepps Cross. StanfordMowers.com.au Are you warm enough this winter? Getting the best out of your space heater? Give Ken a call. It's recommended your space heater is serviced every year. It's part of running a safe and warm home. And we do it all for just $149. Ken Hall Plumbers, 8364-5855. OK, 13 minutes to two. Uh, there's uh, something you don't see very often on a power bill. We're talking about a zero, a big fat nothing. And uh, Sharpie and the crew at the Sharp Energy Hub so, Yilson, you can be seeing a lot of zeros on your power bills. What they're doing, they've saved thousands of dollars over the years for people and they've done it again. You can have zero electricity bills for the next couple of years if you join the Sonen Flat VPP when you're purchasing one of these uh, one of these superb Sonen batteries. Effectively, you get a, getting a Sonen 10 kilowatt home battery for under $4,000 after the home uh, battery subsidy. And by joining the Sonen Flat VPP, you enjoy... Electricity bills are zero electricity bills. You don't have any electricity bills for the next couple of years. Give them a call down there, and one of the experts will guide you through the process and explain everything that you'll need to know. Imagine zero power bills for the next couple of years, plus, of course, the benefits of one of these sun and home batteries for years and years to come. The offer will end... Well, the offer ends effectively on the uh, on Saturday of this week, so it's only a less than a week or so to go. Wild stocks are available. Find out more about it by going to the Sharp Energy 
cityhub.com.au. If you like, visit them at 71 Port Road down there at Theberton or even a telephone call. That's easier. They'll explain it to you over the telephone and how you can save a lot of money, zero power bills for the next couple of years. Sounds good. It really is good. This is the Sharp Energy Hub on 131750. Hi, what is it now, Barry? I just saved us $200, Bev. How? Walker Crash Repairs are giving us $200 toward the excess on caravan repair claims. How good is that? $200 off the excess. And they'll fix that scrape you put in the van on our summer trip? Yep, and I saved $200. Or? It goes to you, love. Walker Crash Repairs. Insurance repairs to caravans, cars and four-wheel drives. An RAA-approved crash repairer. Terms and conditions apply. At Spotlight, a window is what you make it. Save 40% off all made-to-measure roller blinds. Book your free in-home measuring quote today. Call 1300 662 742. Exclusions apply. At Spotlight, it's what you make it. Looking for safe and sound selling? You've found it on eBay. Simply download the eBay app and list what you'd like to sell. Sold it? Sweet. Now send it with new contactless courier pickup from your front door. eBay. Sell safely from home. In these uncertain times, it's hard to know who you can trust. Now, there's a new podcast that makes it even harder. Each week, The Chaser brings you all the information from across the globe that you don't need to know. It's The Chaser Report, the only podcast you know you can't trust. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have to isolate yourself from professional bone and joint care. Sportsmed's orthopaedic surgeons are here for you and can arrange both face-to-face or telehealth consultations. Eligible telehealth patients can even be bulk billed by Medicare. If surgery is required, we'll treat you as soon as possible and continue to support you through any potential waiting period as a result of government restrictions. Times may have changed for now, but Sportsmed continues to help you. Ask your GP for a referral today. Sportsmed.com.au Scraped your caravan? Walker Crash Caravan Repairs. Easy insurance repairs, fast. This is Tony Pilkington. Hello everybody, it's uh, nine minutes to two. We're talking to Assistant Commissioner Ian Parrott and Superintendent Bob Gray about the, um, well, what's uh, shaving up as another bad year for lives lost on our roads. And let's see, uh, Ken, you're at Woodcroft and you've got a question for, uh, for Superintendent Bob Gray. Hello, Ken. Yeah, good eye and uh, Bob. Uh, a question uh, that obviously uh, is easy to answer for most people. You've got an element out there that uh, basically won't take any uh, uh, worry about driving, where they've either been suspended, uh, don't have a license, uh, don't no registration. You'll always get that element, but the only way around it, and I've looked at overseas where countries say like Bahrain, if you don't pay your speeding fine on the spot, on the, on spot, the spot, on your the spot. car is confiscated. Your car will be impounded, and after a certain time, if that fine is not paid, the car will be crushed. <laughs> now, we could have a similar situation over here where you've got repeat offenders who will jump in the car, and if they haven't got the car that they were jumping in, will either steal another car or borrow another car to get around from A to B. You'll always have that element. But we could bring in a system over here where on the number plate of repeat offenders, they could have either a uh, reflective sign that tells all 
police cars that this car has either been defected, has outstanding warrants, or we need to do more because basically the fines applicable, the element out there do not give a rat's you-know-what. So how do we improve the situation? Oh. We increase the fines or do we start confiscating cars unless that, that speeding fine is paid on the spot? and uh, they haven't got a car then, right, so that Bob. takes a certain element off the road. OK, Bob, what's the answer to that one? Well, that's uh, quite a complex question, <laughs> but as Ian said previously, you know, as part of our strategy in terms of keeping people safe on the roads, we're always looking at legislative opportunities, we're always looking at ways that we enforce, and um, certainly we, we actively target people that we know are recidivist defenders and create a significant risk on our road, and we make no apologies for that. So we, we do identify the cohort of people that are at most at risk and then we uh, enforce accordingly. All right, Kenny, thanks for the call. Let's go to Karen this time around at Hallett Cove. Also a question for uh, Superintendent Bob Gray. Hello, Karen. Hello. Um, tailgating, that gets on my nerves actually because if the car in front of us stops and I'm in the middle and the car behind me takes off and the car in front of me doesn't, I put my hazard lights on. If they're sitting right, right up my backside, I put my hazard lights on and, and I don't move. Yeah, OK. Right, Bob. <laughs> that's going to cause trouble. That's going to cause a... Yeah, Bob? Uh, Bob yeah. Bray. Yeah, look, it's uh, that's something you need to be careful with if you're stopping on the road and putting your hazard lights on. But uh, as Ian said previously, it is uh, it is frustrating when you are tailgated and the best uh, thing to do is to uh, try and attain detail so you can report that behaviour to police. Uh, and if you can't and you feel unsafe, then uh, when it's safe to do so, pull over. Ian, uh, a question uh, along the lines of uh, what are you going to do? Will there be an increase in the number of, uh, of patrols or uh, will there be an increase in the number of, uh, I, I don't know, um, RBTs out there? What's the, uh, what's the answer to that one? So I think right from the from the get-go, Tony, um, everyone should realise that every uh, police car on the road, whether they're uh, uh, marked and certainly some unmarked police cars, are capable of pulling you over um, anywhere, anytime, uh, right throughout the state. Uh, so, you know, we have the, I guess, the um, the full availability of, uh, of our operational police available to uh, police road safety all the time. Um, with the reintroduction of the block testing uh, on Friday, uh, that gives us the ability to test more people uh, in, a, in a compressed period of time. So, you know, hopefully that gives us the opportunity to, um, well, hopefully not catch people because they're going to be doing the right thing, but certainly if they're doing the wrong thing, it gives us um, more tests uh, to be able to apprehend people as well. So, um, you know, and it, I guess in this current environment with COVID, you know, we have uh, more police officers uh, on duty um, and available um, in our operational environment as well. So if people sort of thinking that, um, you know, this is the time to perhaps take a few extra risks or yeah. there's not as many police around or anything else, they're, right. they're sadly mistaken. And unfortunately, some of those the drink driving figures, like even from the operation um, on Friday, um, 13 people um, detected for drink driving, 27 for drug driving. Oh, really? um, you know, it's, they, these are just uh, horrific numbers. But uh, and coming back to the point before about you know, the ability to, to take cars and, and, and the like, we do have the ability to impound people's cars 
for certain offences and also for immediate loss of licence. And again, drink driving or drug driving is, is one of those offences. Um, and so through the operation on Friday alone, uh, six vehicles were taken away from people and uh, nine people lost their licence on the spot. So you know, there are um, some um, ability for us to have an immediate impact uh, when people are doing the wrong thing. Um, gentlemen, before you go, from Marlene, interesting question. She said, are licences... Oh, this is a good one. Are, are licences uh, too easy to get here in South Australia? Uh, Bob, uh, Superintendent Bob Gray, what, what do you think about that? Look, there's a, there's a process that... Um the Department of Planning, Transport and Infrastructure put in place in terms of the, the process to go through and, and get your licence and there's nothing that I've seen would suggest that our uh, licences and our licensing scheme is inadequate. Righto, yeah, OK. Uh, some people, of course, argue that we can get licences. Uh, how old uh, before you can actually get a, a learner's permit and actually get a licence here in South Australia? Is it 16, 17, 18? What is it now? You can uh, get a learner's you can get a learner's permit when you're 16 years of age. Righto, yes, Sam Shunk. Gentlemen, thanks for the time this afternoon. Uh, the message is quite simply that you're, the RBTs are, are back on the road, and um, I, I'm always amazed not only uh, r random breath testing, but the number of drivers who are pulled over and actually turn uh, a positive test for drugs. This is just seems to be an increasing number as the years go by. Is that right, Bob? Look, it's, it is. It's disappointing. I mean, as um, as Ian said, we uh, during the suspension of our static testing, we tested nearly four uh, four thousand people for drugs, and of those nine hundred and eighty four, which is over twenty five percent, tested positive, and that creates an extreme risk for people oh, on our roads. Sure does, gentlemen. Thanks for the time this afternoon. Good for the yeah, good to chat with you. The Assistant Commissioner Ian Parrott and Superintendent Bob Gray from the South Australian Police, talking about RBTs and drug testing and the amount of uh, amount of lives that have been lost on the road. I mean, last year, horrific year, one hundred and fourteen were dead. We've